feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. now issuing a travel warning for Americans going to Mexico after the murder of two South Carolina residents there. So what are we doing to crack down on the cartels in Mexico that are funneling deadly fentanyl to our country over our very open southern border? And joining us now to talk about all of this is Mark Morgan. He is the former acting CBP commissioner, that's Customs and Border Protection, also a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, also spent 20 years at the FBI and also was in the Marine Corps. So you know it from all these different layers. Mark, great to have you here on the podcast. Rita, thanks for having me as always. What is your advice to Americans who would want to go to Mexico, whether it's for vacation or something else? What's your advice? Don't go. Look, the cartels, Mexico is almost a failed narco state, Rita. The cartels own and operate at will throughout much of Mexico, and they are the most dangerous, prolific, influential criminal organization on the face of the planet. And that's why many are now are saying, hey, they need to be called out for what they are, and they're a terrorist organization. How serious is it, the situation in Mexico? I mean, what's so frightening, I think, Mark, this recent case epitomizes it because you know all too well, Matamoros is just over the border from Brownsville, Texas. I mean, it is right there. How much of it is spilling over and how ruthless is it in Mexico? Well, that's a good question. So Matamoros is a city within the state of Tamaulipas. The state of Tamaulipas is one of the most violent places on the face of the planet. There's multiple cartels that operate in that area. It's so dangerous that the Mexican authorities will not go into Tamaulipas. There is no enforcement control in large areas of Mexico. And that's why it just makes no sense for any American citizen at this point to be traveling. You literally are taking your lives in your own hand. But this is why. Look, this didn't just happen with this incident. This has been happening over decades and decades. And as each decade goes by, the cartels are getting more powerful. They're getting more influential. Their bank accounts are growing, and their capacity continue to grow. Their criminal operation is expanding every single day. I'll give you an example. In 2018, just the human smuggling side alone, it was about a $500 million annual profit for the cartels. Right now, it's a $13 billion annual profit. That's just on the human smuggling side. That is a stunning amount. You know, you talked about human smuggling. 
it is horrific. Some of these stories of what they're doing and taking these people across the border, taking advantage of people on both sides of the border. You know, where are the people who are crying out about human rights? Many Democrats don't say anything about what's happening to these victims of human smuggling. That's exactly right. That's why we say there's no downside to securing the border. The cartels, they don't care about human life. It's all about a commodity. It's all about the profit. They're just as ruthless and dangerous to our national security and our safety as terrorist organizations. The only difference is they're not driven by ideology. They're driven by profit. And that's why they look at individuals, human beings, as nothing but a commodity. And that's on both sides of the country. The atrocities, and you're exactly right. That's why I get so frustrated. Under this administration, there have been more dead migrants that have been found at our border the last 24 months than the history of our country, 1,500 and growing every single day. The atrocities associated with untold number of migrants that now are living a life of being trafficked, something that they'll never be able to undo. The number of young women that are sexually assaulted on their journey up here. The atrocities go on and on. It's not just American lives that are lost because of our open borders at the hands of the cartels. It's also the very migrants themselves. And this is why, look, we have to change as a country how we look at cartels and how we go after them. Like I said, I spent two decades in the FBI. The way that we've gone after traditional large-scale domestic criminal organization is not the way that we can go after the cartels. You can't cut off the head of the snake and think that the snake is going to die when it comes to the cartels. We've done that decade after decade, and it's failed. We have to change our status. We have to change how we go after them. We need to go after them like exactly with the same whole-of-government approach, intelligence, including the use of military, that we go after the cartels. I mean, the terrorist organizations, we need to use that same methodology to go after the cartels. So what exactly should we do to take out the cartels, especially those that are in Mexico? Yeah, so there's a thing called the Criminal Enterprise Theory Investigation, which, again, the theory is if you cut off the head of the snake, the snake will die. It was very effective, like for the Italian mafia in the 70s and 80s. It worked very well. That's just not the approach that works with the cartels. You have to go after them, again, like we do terror. So that means we're intelligence-driven. So we have to use not just domestic intelligence, but our international global intelligence capabilities, along with domestic operations and United States military. That means using the United States military, either hopefully with the governor of Mexico, kind of like we did in Colombia years ago, that was very effective to go at the heart and actually destroy them. We can't just cut off the head of the snake. We have to dismantle, disrupt, destroy, and obliterate the cartels off the face of the planet. And if Mexico won't join us in that, we need to do that unilaterally. And that means using the military to do kinetic operations. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to roll in tanks in Mexico or invade Mexico, like some have suggested that we're calling for. No, we can use special operations and do very surgical pinpoint operations to take out the cartels. We know where the super meth labs are, Rita. We know where the precursor chemicals are coming and which port of entries in Mexico they're coming to. We know exactly where they are. We know how to do it, and we can do it to take them out. Does that mean drones? Does that mean some special ops on the ground? What does that mean? Yeah, I think, look, all the above have to go into account. We can be there for advisors to help the military. We can use our intelligence. We need to own the intelligence. Mexico has shown that we can't trust them with the vast amount of intelligence that we have, but we can work with them, develop vetted, trusted partners in Mexico, have them conduct the operations with our technical assistance, like you said, with drones. Hopefully Mexico will join us in that. But if they don't, we need to take unilateral action. And that means using a whole-of-government approach with the same level of commitment, tenacity, and resources, whether that's reaching across the aisle to NSA, using our aspects to cut off all their finances, finances that really needs to be a whole-of-government approach 
but to include military kinetic operations. We're not going to succeed if we continue to go after the cartels like we do traditional domestic criminal organizations. You know, you talked about what happened in Colombia. It was sort of the Colombia plan. And, yep. in fact, Lindsey Graham, senator of South Carolina, talked about, you know, creating a Mexico plan. It's ironic because then Senator Biden agreed to the Colombia plan. He thought, okay, that's those sort of strategic strikes like you're talking about and some are suggesting to happen in Mexico. Back then he was okay with it, but right now he is silent on it. How that's do you right. reconcile that? You don't. And that's what's I think that's what's so frustrating for most Americans. Where is the two prong approach from this president, both outrage and action? I mean, he's been missing in action again and again and again. Remember, though, when the horse Border Patrol horse patrol agents were falsely accused of whipping people, president had no problem showing his outrage in action. Then remember, they will pay knowing it was fake. It was false. It was a lie. And now we have two Americans are killed, one wounded. Where is the outrage? Where is the action? The truth is, look, every single day, the cartels are widening their operational control of the border. It's not just drugs coming across killing Americans. 9,000 Americans are dying every single 30 days because of the cartels and the drugs they're pushing across. But because they have operational control, Rita, they're also pushing across criminals. They're pushing across murderers, rapists, pedophiles, gang members. They don't stay on the southwest border. They make their way to every town, city, and state, and they're claiming their next American victim almost on a daily basis, not to mention the national security threat, those illegal aliens on the FBI's terror screening database. The cartels literally could have already pushed the next sleeper cell that's already in the United States planning the next terrorist attack. We would have no idea. Right now, the cartels pose one of the most significant threats to our country's safety and national security. We cannot keep going down the same road. We are literally living the definition of Webster's definition of insanity right now, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. We've got to change our plan. We've got to go after the cartels, again, with the same strength that we do terrorist organizations. What kind of intelligence do we have on their labs, too, these fentanyl labs? And also, what role does China play in all this? Yeah, so those are two great questions. This is what I can tell you, right, without going too far into areas that we shouldn't. We know where a significant amount of the labs are. We know where the chemicals are coming into Mexico from China. And we also have the capacity to expand that intelligence to really know and get pinpoint information where these super meth labs are, where the drugs are coming in, where the cartels are operating. And there's no doubt in my mind that we can, the military, has the capability. We still are the most powerful military in the world. We have the special operation capability to do surgical pinpoint operations to destroy those labs and really cripple the cartels. But again, we can't keep approaching the cartels like we do domestic operations. We cut off the head of the snake. Look, we took down Chapo, and they just go another head. The snake does not die just like terrorist organizations. We have to change our approach. And until this administration and really the government wakes up, the cartels are going to continue to expand their control, and they're going to continue to push their vast, complex set of threats jeopardizing our safety and security in this nation. And you have been listening to our interview that we just did a little bit ago with Mark Morgan, the former head of Customs and Border Protection. And what a hot topic. By the way, some new news. Three women are missing in Mexico now. You heard about the story there from Mark Morgan about the ones from South Carolina who went down to Matamoros, Mexico. Two of them killed. And now we are getting word that there are three women missing, two sisters from Texas and a friend. They went and crossed the border last month to sell clothes at a flea market. 
And now they have been missing ever since. So would you send anybody to Mexico right now? What do you think also of the fact that the FBI and also State Department both have travel warnings to Mexico? And also, have you seen this unbelievable footage? We're going to be talking about that a bit on the Rita Cosby Show, this amazing footage that happened just in the last 48 hours or so. It is over a 1,000 people rushing to the border. They are coming from Mexico. They're trying to get into El Paso. And it is the wildest scene I have ever seen. It is a group of 1,000 people running towards the border because they got word on social media that they were going to be allowed in this weekend, that there was some sort of special entry for migrants to come in. And so suddenly thousands upon thousands of them from different ports of entry, including about a 1,000 on the border there of El Paso, Texas, and Mexico, went rushing towards the bridge. They got past Border protection, the first layer of it, because it was such a surprise. Suddenly you see a thousand people. It doesn't matter how many border agents you have. You certainly don't have, uh, you know, the same amount as migrants coming at you. So they were at first overrun. Luckily, the Mexican police got called in and also more border protection on the U.S. side. And then they put up barricades and they were able to prevent the people from actually making it over into El Paso. But this happened at a whole bunch of different checkpoints over the weekend, and it was all because somebody on social media said, hey, come on in. Uh, no problems. Can you imagine the scene? I've never seen anything like it. A thousand people rushing towards the border. So what can we do to protect ourselves? We were just talking about how important it is to protect America. What are your thoughts, everybody, of where we go from here? And also, this comes as some left-wing groups are pushing Biden, get this, to have migrants that are in federal custody means they've been arrested for something to vote ahead of the 2024 elections. You heard it right. Those in federal custody, some groups say they deserve to vote. What about our homeless veterans? What about the people who've worked so hard legally to become citizens? Shouldn't they be getting the free college and the free, you know, iPhones and everything else? And now they may get a free chance to vote? Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. To the Rita Cosby Show, unbelievable scenes of thousands upon thousands of migrants who got the word out, by the way, on social media. Somebody basically said, hey, guess what? This weekend they're letting everybody in. So guess what? Literally thousands came and tried to bum rush basically the U.S. border in different areas, including in El Paso. And I saw some video on Fox News. It was stunning. 
stunning. So much so that it overran the first layer of our border protection. Then they had to get the military basically on both sides to come in and stop it. And luckily they were able to avert them coming in. But it was a frightening scene. Can you imagine suddenly your customs and border protection? And we've already seen all the layers of people coming. And this time it's like a thousand people running at you at the same time. What a frightening and scary situation. And you can bet this is probably going to happen again uh, because you bet that they'll get the word out on social media or somewhere else. There is no doubt about that. And boy, is that a frightening situation about how dangerous it is, uh, not just for obviously the migrants, but certainly for the Biden administration, Border Patrol agents who are there. They're trying to do their job. They're just trying to do the best they can. And as I mentioned, Biden, no word from him. Didn't say a word about it this weekend. Didn't say a word about any of the problems. Didn't even bring that up. Um, hasn't talked about the South Carolina people killed either, which is just outrageous. Here's a little sound of these migrants trying to cross the border yesterday. Take a listen to this. Does that sound like one family or does that sound like 500 families? I mean, that is unbelievable. It sounds like a stadium. And that was the group that was rushing towards the bridge in El Paso. So how can we on the U.S. side protect ourselves? And would you go to Mexico right now uh, for any reason whatsoever, uh, whether it's vacation or business or something else? 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Norman. Norman, your thoughts about all of this. Uh, my thoughts are um, what's going on is happening at the border towns. Uh, Metamoros, everything at the border. The border has always been a mess. It was a mess. Uh, I mean, it's really a mess now. And now they're, they're, the, they're, you know, they're storming the border. Okay. And of course we have to protect the border. We have to return them. We cannot let them in there. That's, you know, I mean, it is an invasion. But as far as going to the south of Mexico, to Mexico City, to Acapulco, it's a whole other world down there. I mean, you got middle class people living there. Uh, you know, they have uh, uh, a lot of snowbirds live there all year round. Although, uh, although, although, hold on a second, Norm. Although, Norm, and by the way, I do agree with you that it is different. But Acapulco has had its share of gang violence. Cancun mm-hmm. has had its share of gang violence. Mexico right. City is one of the most dangerous cities in the world, uh, not mm-hmm. just because of cartels, but there's a lot of crime. I went to Mexico yeah. City a number of years ago, and it was scary. Mm-hmm. And it was very dangerous. I mean, there's some really mm-hmm. dangerous spots. Uh, but but uh, you know, but you know what makes it? Hold on a second, Norm. You know what makes it is all the cartels. Um, you look at like sort of where they show cartels basically ruling the roost. And and I agree with you. If you go to a tourist location and you stay in that hotel, but sadly there have been cases where cartels are like having shootouts, you know, on the Acapulco Beach um, and near Cancun. So you just don't know if it's going to spill over. But but go ahead, Norm. No, look, look, uh, as far as those people that got, the, the two people that got shot, I, I, I don't know. The story's not. The story has not completely been written yet about what they were there for. What I mean, Lady Gwent there supposedly for some sort of cosmetic surgery, but I, I don't know. Uh, the people generally go to these border towns looking for drugs, whether prescription drugs or drugs. 
uh, or looking to have a good time that they couldn't have in the States. Yeah, but, in many but, cases but guess illegal. what? But, but, but you know what's interesting? You're right. They go for different reasons. Uh, but if you're going for a prescription drugs or a vacation, I don't think you should come home looking like Swiss cheese. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we get to honor our great law enforcement and, of course, their families, a very powerful story coming from Miami, Florida, where a Miami police officer was caught on video risking his life to save another. The rescue took place in the Miami River, and veteran officer Lucas Pereira said, I made a decision to jump in, and it happened on Saturday afternoon when a 911 call came in about a man attempting to kill himself. The man had cut himself, and apparently the officer said that they were dispatched to a call in reference to a possibly homeless man with sores to his body. His internal organs were even exposed, and he was acting erratically, perhaps attempting to commit suicide. That man in distress then suddenly plunged into the river. So the officer said, quote, we began rescue efforts to get him out of the water, and when that didn't work, I decided at that point to take my uniform off, and I jumped in. Officer Pereira selflessly and immediately took action. And the Miami police chief, uh, Manny Morales, said, Officer Pereira's decision to jump in to stop that suicide is an example of the gutsy, compassionate work that his men and women do every single day, much of which goes unnoticed. He says Officer Pereira definitely put his life on the line. And after going through that emotionally impactful incident, he was able to dry off, get cleaned up, and then get back on the road to service the citizens of Miami with dignity, compassion, and respect, and literally went back to work. Now, by the way, he does get a life-saving award that comes along with eight hours of compensatory time. Uh, not a lot when you think about just the incredible sacrifice that he made to save that other person's life, but how beautiful that he is getting some well-deserved time off and also a life-saving award for his incredible work. And bravo to our great men and women in blue. We always love backing the blue here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about how basically our Border Patrol was so overrun and over just outnumbered, overwhelmed. I mean, it was Unbelievable this weekend where we saw thousands upon thousands of them running towards different locations, including over a thousand of them storming right there in El Paso. Take a listen. This is Lieutenant Chris Oliveras. This is cut 19. And Chris Oliveras, who is with the Texas Border Patrol, basically talked about just what an overwhelming task that was for the Border Patrol. Take a listen. We have specialized teams that, that can manage such large crowds, especially crowd control. So they're, they're, they're specialized training. But, but of course, it's always a threat when you see that number of people coming across our border because you don't know who's mixed in with those groups. You saw many single adults that are trying to surge that border. So there's always going to be threats to any law enforcement official that's trying to, you know, to repel these groups coming across or, or just being on the front lines at the border. Wow. And then he also said, 
that this squarely lies on the White House. Take a listen. We had um, just an increased presence of law enforcement, Customs and Border Protection, National Guard, also the Mexican military, who all worked together to repel those immigrants from surging that border. But again, it all goes back to this, this temporary rule that the federal government put in place you know, by utilizing the CBP-1 app, which has been a complete disaster. And that's why you see so many immigrants right now waiting in Mexico trying to get across and of course, you know, there was there was many um, different, you know, um, I guess, attempts or reasons why these individuals are trying to surge the border. Uh, case in point, also, there was a social media post that was circulating saying pretty much right now is the time to cross into the country because you will be released to the country. And that's why you saw so many individuals, single adults, uh, families, kids trying to surge that border. But it all goes back again to the failed policies that we're continuing seeing. And there, there, there is no effective strategy or policy put in place to try to stem the flow. There is no technology. What can you do? And when you are suddenly so overrun, how do you handle suddenly a thousand migrants coming toward you? Well, here is Congresswoman Nancy Mace of South Carolina saying the blame rests on the administration and especially the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Our border is not secure. This is like, you know, Secretary Mayorkas is like a firefighter running away from a fire. He ought to be impeached for this. um, And this lawlessness has to end. Yeah, the lawlessness has to end. And where are the administration members? I mean, here we just had one of the biggest overruns of our border. I mean, literally a mob racing towards just a handful of border agents at that one spot. And, of course, they got overrun. And they're like, back up, back up, back up. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, this is an unbelievably frightening situation. And, God forbid, a migrant gets hurt or a border agent gets hurt in the process. I mean, this is really scary stuff. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, who is on line two. Jacqueline, your thoughts about all of this? Hi, Rita. You know, my question is, where have these people been, these thousands of people that just crossed over the border? Didn't they know that the border's been wide open for the past two years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... By the way, Jacqueline, that is a very good point. You're right. What have they been waiting for? They could have just been doing this the last, you know, two years or so and said, you know, why is this weekend any different, right? Exactly, exactly. And as far as everything else is concerned, with regard to those Americans that are currently missing, the ones that have been killed, the ones were uh, released back into the country, it's very simple. President Trump dealt with it in the most effective way. He would contact the leader of the country after consulting with his advisors, and the first question he would ask his advisors is, how much money are we giving to this country? Okay, fine. Talk to the leader of the country. Listen, this is how much money we're giving you. This is what we expect you to do to cooperate with us to stop our American citizens, whether they're tourists or for whatever reason they're going to your country. You want to cooperate? We'll continue to give you the money. You don't want to cooperate? Cut off the money supply. And if you remember, Rita, several years ago, there was another issue in Mexico where tourists that were at very well-known, quote-unquote, safe resorts that were dying from an issue with the alcohol. Whatever happened with that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's an interest. You're right. There was something. Actually, you know what? I think that one 
Was that the one that was in um, there or was that in Dominican Republic? I'm trying to remember, Jacqueline. I remember when that happened. It was there was some question with the booze maybe that came in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, but I, you're right, that was an interesting story. Great great point. Yeah. So but, but now let me ask you, what what do you what do you mm-hmm. make of the the whole issue with Mayorkas that he's still there, still hasn't said a word. We haven't heard anything from Mayorkas. We haven't heard anything from Biden about those people who were killed there from South Carolina. It's outrageous. Well, you know, I think it's ironic that uh, currently in New York that Alvin Bragg is trying to go after President Trump uh, for civil uh, suit to get money from him with regard to this whole uh, Stormy Daniels debacle and the payoff. In the meanwhile, I've been saying this for months. All of the administration, they have been shirking their responsibilities. And as that border agent said, they are not doing their job. Or oh, I'm not not the border agent, the uh, representative that you just had played the clip of. Um, yep, they are not uh, doing their job. And that was Mark Morgan, who is the former head of Customs and Border Protection. You are right. And I feel so bad for our border agents because they're dealing with what is just unbelievable situations. And to have this mob coming at them. Um, and, you know, women, kids, everybody coming running towards them. That is a really scary situation, um, you know, for anybody just to see suddenly these throngs of people coming running at you to suddenly have over a thousand people at you. And you got a handful of agents. Um, it is no wonder that they sort of got past the first checkpoint. And what's scary is who knows what else is going to be coming? You know, who knows how many more of these kind of like huge storms of migrants are going to be just coming across and say, well, you know, that we got through the first checkpoint and maybe here's how we get through the second one next time. Or if we hit like 10 points as opposed to two or three points. I mean, it is a really frightening situation and it just epitomizes. And you know what? Um, whoever's running against President Biden, I would pull that footage because, you know, I think Jacqueline back, you know, a couple of years ago when President Trump was running the first time, remember, there was all those footage, uh, all those images of all those migrants that were like swarming under the bridges and coming all over the place. And all he had to do basically when he was running for office was show that footage over and over and over again. And people were like, oh, boy, yeah, maybe we do need a wall at our border. Maybe we do need this. Um, and to me, that encapsulated so much, I think, why they actually picked President Trump the first time. They wanted somebody who would protect our borders, who would put America first. And now I just saw this weekend something that was even more frightening than the swarm of like the like snake of uh, of long, long lines of people waiting to come into this country to see this scene. I thought that at first I thought, oh, God, are they running the New York City Marathon? You know, because they were like running towards the bridge. I was like, what, are they getting lottery tickets on the other side? Like, what's going on? And then I look up and I see it says El Paso Bridge. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And then I hear it's migrants crossing illegally. And they're right there, right at the edge of our country. And they get through the first checkpoint. I mean, that is a frightening proposition. So if I'm on the other side and I'm running against Joe Biden, I would just play that footage over and over and over again. Is this the country that you want? Is this a guy who you think is your, quote, commander in chief who is, quote, protecting the homeland? I would certainly think twice about it because, boy, that footage to me was downright frightening.
that it's right there at the edge of El Paso, right there at the border of our country. And just by the luck of really some fast-thinking border agents, were they able to say, hey, we need backup, we need backup, we need backup, and they happen to have some that they could actually pull pretty quickly. And the Mexicans finally sent a few in. I'm surprised that they weren't on siesta. Um, and then on the other side, thank goodness, another you know bigger group of Americans with more fortification came in and actually blocked it. But that is... That is an uncontrollable situation. And to me, that epitomizes this White House and its lack of protection at our border, its lack of security at our border. And it is downright frightening. Let's go to another caller. Let's go to Dom, if we could, who is on line six. Uh, Dom, your thoughts about this? Yeah, Rita, you know, uncontrolled immigration has been a socially and culturally seismic issue since the Roman Empire, you know, the Romans called it barbarian invasions. So that invasion has caused the fall of the Roman Empire and turned it into tribal regimes and eventually killed it. Joe Biden has become the face of the low-wage slave trade for U.S. businesses. But I can't, you know, I can't even excuse the Republicans either who have turned a blind eye to the problem when it was not politically expedient for them. Now, in my own state, Minnesota... And, and by the way, you're right, Tom, that there are people on both sides of the aisle who are to blame. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but but I also hear what what is astounding to me now, Dom, as, as where mm-hmm. we are at this moment, it is clearly becoming sort of a Republican versus Democrat issue. There are some Democrats who are voicing some concerns about the border, but not that many. Um, yeah. And to me, it is it is shameful that the Republicans are holding hearings at the border... Right there, you know, they've had hearings literally with, you know, families and other people testifying right there at the border, wanting to do a look-see and let's see what's going around so they can kind of do a show-and-tell. And the Democrats yep. won't even come, Dom. I mean, they won't even go to the hearing with their Republican colleagues. These are the Democrats. I mean, they don't even want to hear it. It's like, like they, it, it, but it epitomizes, they just basically are blocking it out as if it doesn't exist and hoping the pictures aren't too bad that they won't get played over and over again. But this is, I mean, this is a formula for disaster. I don't know if you saw, Don, the group. I mean, it literally was over a 1,000. Yeah. I mean, that is that is a frightening situation for border agents, migrants. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get trampled on. Uh, you know, somebody might by accident, you know, uh, fire a shot. I mean, it's really scary. That is a really, it's hard, even if everybody's peaceful, it is a hard situation to contain a thousand people running at you suddenly out of nowhere, a surprise. Um, and also the fact that Democrats won't even look at the borders if it doesn't exist when we see the pictures that it is an enormous issue. I mean, that is a, that's a slap to every American, Dom, that they don't go down there. Yep. You know, Minnesota, now my own state, has a trifecta in the government in that the executive in both houses are Democratic. And now they have decided to give driver's license to to all undocumented immigrants in the state. So every every single one of these Democrats currently in office, including Jelly Bean Joe, have at some point called for a border wall or border enforcement. So it's not just the border towns that are being affected. We all are as a country, as far as I can see. So last point, Trump is the only person that realizes the catastrophic consequences of illegal immigration to our country. You know, as far as me, I'm I'm right now not being affected, but people at the lower end of the economic spectrum are going to be slammed with this when this thing, you know, takes off because businesses are going to be looking to employ people at the cheapest rate and keep most of the money. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know how long, how much longer 
people can stand that. I hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah, I do, too. By the way, Dom, um, you brought up um, the driver's licenses in Minnesota. This is really interesting. In, um, you know, in uh, other places, there's actually discussions on a federal level. Uh, there are a number of left-leaning groups that are trying right now to put pressure, essentially, on the Biden administration. You probably don't have to put too much pressure on them, based on what Dom and I are just talking about here. Uh, basically saying that they need to ramp up voter turnout among new immigrants and individuals in federal custody prior to trial. So if you're in jail, you're in custody, you're an illegal migrant, right? You, under this new group's proposition, you could vote in the 2024 elections. I mean, that to me is, that is a, that is stunning. That is so stunning that there are actually groups with a straight face right now, and apparently it's more than 50 left-wing groups that are urging him to increase voter registration and turnout prior to the next election, and that includes individuals in federal custody that are illegal migrants prior to trial. I mean, does that make sense to anybody out there? What else? I mean, is this not like basically blatant why they would want so many people in here to suddenly say, OK, we're going to suddenly give amnesty to those X million that came in? I mean, that is not the way this system works. That's not the way uh, America works. We want everybody. We want to be fair to people. But you got to go through legally, do it properly, be vetted, be checked. And you got to care about this country. Uh, to me, that's an outrage. We're going to continue talking about this after the break, everybody. one 800 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. So what should we do with this rush of migrants now trying to suddenly storm the border? And would you go to Mexico for business or vacation based on all of the threat warnings coming from the FBI, the State Department, and you see the headlines as we do too? And then in the middle of all this, this is a stunning headline. Legal immigrants are now trying to figure out and put pressure on the Biden administration to get those who are illegal and those in federal custody prior to trial to be able to vote in the 2024 elections. How do you like that one? So basically, 50 left-wing organizations, essentially, are urging the Biden administration to increase voter registration. They say they need to pump it up and do whatever they can to get out the vote efforts and the way they see it is going after the illegal immigrants that are also in federal custody and saying, guess what? Suddenly, let's make them eligible to vote. That is stunning. We've heard people even on the show say that they've always sort of thought there was sort of this grand scheme to get people to vote. Boy, it couldn't be any more blatant than that. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Nine two two two. Let's go to Alice in Ohio. Alice, your thoughts about all this? Wow. Hi, Rita. On point. Uh, first of all, it's interesting that the FBI is issuing a travel warning. That's usually the State Department. The government needs to do something comprehensive, 
and uh, declare the cartels as terrorist organizations, get the military down on the border. And it's sad because our president is comatose and also the strings are being pulled by people in the shadows. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. I agree. You know what? You hit it on the head there, Alice. You're right. Our president is so out to lunch. That's one. And the fact that um, other people are sort of running the ship and these left wing organizations clearly have the administration's ear. And the fact he hasn't said anything about this mad rush at the border, hasn't said anything about those who were killed there recently. They're American citizens. Um, That is a really dangerous cauldron. Um, And I think you hit it on the head there, Alice. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Michael, line eight. Michael, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, Michael made the call, but this is uh, Mayor Eric Adams. And Not the reason- Michael, Michael, I don't like stupid callers. I don't like stupid callers, but I appreciate you. I don't like that. Let's go to BJ, line two. Go ahead, BJ. Yeah, they bum-rushed the border because they heard uh, Eric Adams was handing out the free college. You know, uh, what's happened to the Border Patrol is what happened to the NYPD. They are outgunned, outmanned, and their patience is wearing thin on proactive law enforcement. So when Biden threw those pictures up of those two Border Patrol agents and accused them of whipping uh, uh, illegal immigrants uh, when all actually all they were doing was trying to uh, help these guys uh, who were almost drowned. Uh, this is uh, how our Border Patrol is being treated. They're... I hear you. I hear you. And that's what's so scary. You're right. They are risking their life. And this is the way they are being handled. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. And the latest on whether or not Trump will testify before the New York grand jury. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, word that President Trump won't be testifying before the New York grand jury, which is investigating the hush money scheme tied to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Trump's attorney basically saying that he does not expect President Trump to testify. Quote, there are no plans on him participating in the Manhattan grand jury and that also another Trump attorney has been in communication with prosecutors. Prosecutors did invite the former president to appear before the grand jury investigating his alleged role in the payment and alleged cover-up. And they say uh, that they are waiting to see if he will appear. But so far, his attorneys are saying there are no plans to do that. Later on in this hour, we're going to take your calls on do you think that that's a wise move? Is it just sort of a kangaroo court and a no-win situation? I think most attorneys out there would agree it is not the right move for him to testify. In other words, the advice that the attorneys are giving and saying, stay away from there. 
is the proper advice. What are your thoughts and where do you think this is headed? The fact that also today we know that Michael Cohen, who was, of course, President Trump's longtime attorney and ally, he testified before the grand jury. And in fact, let's play a little clip of Michael Cohen. This is cut 27. And this is him earlier where he said, I'm here to tell the truth. Of course, he has turned on President Trump And he's also made comments that are misstatements, to put it kind. Do you think that he will be a credible witness? Well, this is what Mike Cohen himself had to say earlier today. What do you think the result of your testimony today, what will be the result? Can you imagine Mr. Trump being arrested? Is that what you want? No. Again, you've heard me say this many times. My goal, this is not revenge, right? What this is is about accountability. I don't want to see anyone, including Donald Trump, indicted, prosecuted, convicted, incarcerated, simply because I fundamentally disagree with them. This is all about accountability. He needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds. He needs to be accountable for his dirty deeds. Sure sounds like somebody who is intent on revenge. He said, no, I'm not interested in revenge. Do you think there's any justification for this grand jury that most, by the way, lawyers, and I'm talking about on both sides of the aisle, I've talked to folks who are actually quite liberal, and they feel like, at best, this is a minor misdemeanor. And they are trying to kind of inflate it with creating another crime, if you will, and somehow pumping it up to become a felony, which would potentially uh, be jail time for the president. So when you look at that combination, you're like, wow, is this basically an inflated case And is this really clearly Alvin Bragg, who should be looking at issues with the immigrants that are coming to New York, who should be looking at, by the way, a crime in New York City, who should be looking at so many of the problems in New York City and elsewhere. And yet he's got all his sights on Donald Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about the crisis at the border and what a mess it is after more than a thousand of them came, all the illegal migrants rushing. You could see like families with kids running. Again, I thought it was like the New York City Marathon. I thought that was like the finish line in Central Park and they were coming in, you know, it was, it was like, no, it was a group of illegal migrants. And they had apparently gotten word on social media that this weekend they were able to come in or something. Someone clearly misled them, but they rushed anyway to several key ports. And what a scary situation that is for our Border Patrol officers. Thank goodness we haven't heard reports of them being injured. Thank goodness we haven't heard reports of the migrants being injured. But this is a dangerous, dangerous situation. And it comes as now we're getting word of three other women missing in Mexico after they crossed over from Texas, two sisters and a friend who apparently went there across the border and were trying to do some sales. They were from Penetas, which is a small border city in Texas, pretty close to McAllen. And apparently they have gone totally missing and the State Department and others are looking for them. What a scary situation. And after all these cases of people getting lost in Mexico or killed in Mexico that we've heard of late, this is what head of the Texas Border Patrol, Chris Oliveras, Lieutenant Chris Oliveras, has to say to his advice to all Americans. Take a listen. The numbers speak for themselves. We know that prior to 2021, we did not see 
the situation that we're seeing at the border right now, especially when we talk about the cartel violence and the tragic event that took yeah. place last week. And that's why we're urging as a state for anyone thinking about traveling to Mexico to avoid it at all costs with the increased violence of cartel activity. And other sheriffs across this country are saying it is time for Mayorkas to be removed. Take a listen. This is Ohio sheriff. Not only is this country in crisis, but I believe we're losing the battle. Um, when I was in Cochise County with Sheriff Daniels, a week before we were there, 200 rushed the border. And there, there's places on the border where there's not even any security. I'm asking for him to resign immediately. He doesn't tell the truth. If you don't think our country is in crisis, and all you got to do is see a thousand people rush the border. Yeah, all you got to see is a thousand people rush the border. Boy, is that a scary situation. Let's go to Sonny on line four. Sonny, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing, uh, Rita? Yeah, it's it's totally a disaster on the border. But I don't understand why the governors or, or even the president does. Uh, they should mobilize the National Guard. And when I say National Guard, the, the military police division, because they're more apt to have training, a proper training, and dealing with riots and, and massive crowds like this. So they really should utilize them because the Border Patrol is very thinned out. I used to work, I wasn't with the Border Patrol, but I worked with them. I used to be in the Federal Protective Service, which is now, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's part of Homeland Security. But this is this is what really they need. I don't know why they're not doing it. You know, these people are trained, and plus, it doesn't cost that much like, to get the reserves out there or the or the uh, or the national guard. It really doesn't cost like a regular police department. They you know they would furnish a lot of money. It would be a lot of you know financial problems. But you know but why I don't think do. they want to do it? it. You know why? I actually I think I actually have a reason why. I think they don't want to do it, Sonny, is because they don't want the impression that they need the military, even though it's National Guard. Um, you know, and obviously they're a vital part of the military, but I don't think they want to give the impression that it's like a militarized area there. I think that, you know, I think the minute they say that, it's like, oh God, we have to call the National Guard. That's a state of emergency. You know, you call them when there's a flood. You call them when there's, you know, other crises. That means means they got to admit there's a problem and they don't even want to admit there's a problem, Sonny. I mean, how scary is that as someone, as you mentioned, uh, that you've spent time there? I get it, but it's it's not fair to the Border Patrol, because, I mean, their their lives are at danger among everyone else. And, uh, I mean, even if they have to go to then, they have to call the federal police in there if they don't want to use the military, if they don't want to show a military force. And, you know, I, I was involved, I don't know if, if you remember this, in 1980, they had to come over to this country 124,000 Cubans. And they called every, I was involved in that for like four months. Seven days a week, twelve-hour shifts. Absolutely, and they yes. Had, they had everyone out there. They had the National Guard, they had the federal police, they had uh, the U.S. Marshal Service, Border Patrol, everyone, and everyone had to pitch in. And and they came from they came from every state. They utilized like ten personnel from every state had to give their people in there to go down there. But you know and, the difference is yeah. that is called leadership at least at a certain point and uh-huh. there that also could have come in a little sooner absolutely but, but, absolutely. but you got to have somebody who has the willpower and right now i don't well, see a president I don't, I don't he doesn't want you want to put add extra border agents you know it's the biggest insult sonny and i don't know if you saw this i'd love to get your take on this one um you know in the recent uh budget that biden proposed 
he proposed 87,000 new IRS agents to, you know, investigate everybody, right? Um, and then a whole bunch of folks that are tied to like green energy, climate and all that stuff. And I think it's either 250 or 300 border agents. That, what does that say about this administration's priorities, Sonny? I mean, give me a break. Isn't that crazy? You know what? He's going to use that. You watch as his personal tool, his own personal police like to go after people like us and, and, uh, who's, uh, who's on the right side. And that's what he's going to do through financial means or, or enforcement. I don't know what he's got, but that's, that's very dangerous. That's really, and, 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 you know, that becomes a police state was against the Constitution, but the way he's getting around it, he's using IRS agents. I know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, and the scary thing is, and that he's yeah. not doing anything on the border, on the flip side, too. He's doing exactly. that, and then yeah. on the flip well, side, the border, like, well, if he, what kind yeah. of a president in a crisis like this, Sonny, says, I'm no. going to add a few hundred border agents, like, that's the best you can do in one of these, like, excessive packages? That sadly shows his priority. Sonny, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Ben in Pennsylvania. Uh, ben, your thoughts about this. What a mess this is. Ben on line seven. Let's go to Ben. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, there you Hello. go. There you go, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Rita, I'm just like, first of all, I appreciate you so much. I like your sharpness and everything, and I'm learning as I listen. But thank this you. thing, to me, it just seems obvious as to why they allow these, you know, immigrants, these, well, they're not really immigrants. They're really invaders, right? You know, but they're being duped by their own government and, you know, uh, social media to come to our border. But my, my, my point is this. It's no surprise. We're not shocked as to why they're allowing it. The question is, is there not something that can actually be done to stop this? Even though this, you know, this president um, is blatantly allowing it. What can be actually done to stop it? That's one thing. Mayorkas, yes, certainly has to go because he's part of the agenda. There's no question about it. He's part of the agenda. And then to New York, uh, in regards to uh, the subways and you know things that are going on in the subways, um, there used to be something called the Transit Police Force, and then they disbanded the TPF. And there aren't any cops that are down there on a regular basis like there used to be. Why don't they re, you know, uh, reconvene those guys? That's my thought. Yeah, no, you know, it's a first of all, um, on your point about the voting stuff, Ben, to me, it is absolutely crystal clear um, based on this new group. Uh, this is an organization of 50 left wing organizations. I mean, this is kind of incredible, urging the Biden administration to do more, even looking into um, those who are illegal immigrants in federal custody prior to trial. Um, so they can't say they're convicted yet prior to trial, right, um, that they should somehow be able to get uh, voting abilities. I mean, that to me just makes it crisp- it's stunning that, you know, we've had people on the show before through the years. You know, we've had, I think, about Ken Cuccinelli, who was like uh, Deputy Homeland uh, Secretary and others who have been on the show who have said, you know, it's all basically a voting game for the president, that he's just trying to beef up voting. And this is almost like right there in black and white. These left wing groups are basically trying to do that, get essentially almost everybody in the country uh, other than those convicted of a crime to suddenly be able to vote. Um, how do you turn this around real quick, Ben? How do we turn this around? That's my question. I don't really have the answer. All I know is that it does, it's, 
it's just it's insulting to anyone with any modicum of intelligence, you know, to um, it's it's like a facade. And 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 like that one lady said that he's, you know, the, the president's almost like brain dead. I mean, unfortunately, and someone's pulling the strings. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either, uh, Ben. It is. It is. It's astounding. And at this moment, all you can think about is our country is in such a dangerous, precarious situation. And it feels like there is no leadership. And when you see these images of these people running towards, you know, El Paso and literally end up a few feet away, um, it, this is this is such a um, this is like we're on the verge of like really some bad stuff between that China. Um, now you see all these new uh, relationships that are going on with Iran and, you know, and Russia and, you know, Saudi. I mean, all these things are going on that are just there's just some really scary stuff out there. And I feel like we have no leadership at the top. And first and foremost, you got to protect our borders. That should be priority number one. And it has been like number like uh, 99. I can't even say it's even in the bottom of the list. I don't even think it's on his list. And that is a really sad testament. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, we are going to talk about President Trump, who did care about the border. And now he is dueling it out with the New York grand jury and his attorney saying he will not testify. He doesn't think the president should testify. Is that the right move? And where is this headed? Could he be indicted soon? We're going to talk about all that after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we're getting word that President Trump will not be testifying before the grand jury. I think it is absolutely the right move for President Trump not to be testifying before the grand jury. Uh, his attorneys have said that they believe basically this is a kangaroo court, that there never should be an investigation of the president. For these allegations, they're basically uh, even at best, if even if you are generous to the prosecutors, it's basically a minor misdemeanor that they're trying to somehow pump up to a felony. And there are a lot of legal experts on that are even liberals that are agreeing on that point that basically it's sort of trying to be an inflated felony, if you will, with a federal charge attached to it. And for that reason. Um, many people are saying he absolutely should not testify and that this is the right move by his attorneys to say, no, he doesn't plan to go near this grand jury. He has doesn't see any value to it, doesn't see any credibility to it. And also, if that is the approach he's taking towards all this, well, then he has to keep that position. For him to go there basically would validate the grand jury, you know, and why go there if you don't feel like they're going to be fair to you? And what is going on, by the way, with this prosecutor? You're looking at Alvin Bragg. He is spending so much time and so much effort on Donald Trump, the former president of the United States and current presidential candidate. And there are so many crimes going on in New York City. 
I mean, look at the revolving door of justice that's happening every single day in New York. There are people that are constantly committing repeat offenses over and over again, and they're getting back out. They're getting a slap on the wrist, if even that, under this prosecutor's office. And they're walking out basically scot-free and able to commit other crimes. And yet this DA seems just intent on getting Donald Trump. So... At minimum, his priorities are clearly out of whack. And according to even liberal attorneys, it seems like this is a very hard case for this prosecutor to prove that it seems like it is quite inflated and quite politicized. So what are your thoughts, everybody, about all of this? It's 1-800-848-9222, uh, meantime, Michael Cohen, of course, who is a former Trump attorney and longtime confidant of President Trump, well, remember, he has turned on the president. And today he testified before the grand jury. By the way, he's going to go back again on Wednesday. And this is what he told reporters today when he was addressing the media uh, soon around the time of his appearance. How do you feel, Michael? I feel fine. I feel fine. A uh, little twisted, to be honest, uh, inside. It's been a long time coming. Five years now, give or take. What's your goal today? My goal is to tell the truth. My goal is to allow um, Alvin Bragg and his team to do what they need to do. I'm just here to answer the questions. And then he also said, guess what? If this case moves forward... Uh, and it actually goes to where there's a trial, uh, if it, the president actually gets indicted, then he also said he's with this case all the way. Listen to Michael Cohen. Should this go to trial, you're prepared to testify? Absolutely. Absolutely. Short and sweet. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you really think an indictment is coming? And do you think it's also the right move that it appears Trump will not be testifying before the New York grand jury does not want to give it any credibility? And by the way, his attorney, Joe Tacopina, I know Jack, Joe Tacopina. I've known him like 20 years. Uh, he is a good attorney and a pit bull, which is what the president needs right now. And he basically says the investigation shouldn't be of the president. It should actually be of the DA's office. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al real quick. Line five. Al, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. You know, uh, if I was the president, the former president, uh, I would not testify in front of the grand jury. Uh, as you know, as a top journalist and a radio show host, uh, you have to listen to your attorneys. There's always a big risk if you do it. In a criminal case, we saw what happened in uh, South Carolina when the uh, defendant test- testified for himself. And he hung himself. Yeah, and by the way, they will be looking for every which way but loose to go after Trump. And you're right, it might not even have anything to do with this case, by the way. Although he says he is innocent and doesn't want to give it any credibility. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Spokane, Washington State, and a story of a son appreciating his father and his service in World War II and honoring so many veterans across the country. 
Uh, now, with his father, who was a World War II U.S. Marine Corps veteran, turning 100 in late February, Jim Thompson there wanted to have some active-duty Marines show up for the party. So when he ran into some initial snags, the younger Thompson turned to social media to get some assistance. And it worked big time, thanks in part to the Department of Washington Legionnaire, who was notified of the situation and responded immediately. The result at the Rockwood South Hill Retirement Campus in Spokane, where both active duty and Marine Corps veterans were in attendance to honor Don Thompson, his father. Hundreds showed up. It turned out to be a huge event. And the veteran also received, get this, almost 200 birthday cards from a ca- across the country, just from strangers who read about it on social media. Also, there was a proclamation read in the veteran's honor and also a mini parade complete with a World War II Jeep and American Legion riders who rode in sub freezing temperatures to honor this great hero. Well, the son of Don Thompson said the response was incredible. It was just so heartwarming for my dad. And he also said, my dad is like so many of those World War II guys. He always says, it's not about me. It's about the guys who never made it back. And I am no hero. Well, you certainly are. And your son is also such a great son who got the community and the country out to celebrate your 100th birthday. So happy birthday to Don Thompson. And, of course, what a beautiful tribute, not just to him, but to all of those in the greatest generation and, of course, their families. Well, we are talking about the fact that President Trump, via his attorney, Joe Tacopina, probably one of the most spirited attorneys out there in the country. He's represented some tough folks, and uh, he is really going for it, representing President Trump. In the last hour or two, he actually called for an investigation of Alvin Bragg's office. He said the investigation shouldn't be a President Trump into these hush money payments, these alleged payments to Stormy Daniels. President Trump still says he never had an affair with her. And even people who are not fans of President Trump have come out and said that the fact that they are looking at him now for a potential felony, they say is a stretch. Even they believe some of the misdemeanor allegations of maybe not reporting it correctly on a business plan um, and submitting that, you know, improperly, which could be a minor misdemeanor, they're saying is even over the top for a prosecutor to necessarily be going after somebody, let alone a former president and potential future president. And yet Alvin Bragg, who uh, hasn't met a criminal that he likes to go, uh, you know, that he misses going soft on. He seems to go uh, soft on every single one of them. But yet when it comes down to President Trump, oh, let's throw the book at him. Boy, does this seem like political, you know, vengeance and disproportionate justice. The president of the United States, just because you don't like him, Alvin Bragg, doesn't mean you should inflate charges and spend your time and America's taxpayer money on this. And yet today, Michael Cohen, who is Trump's former attorney, spoke to the press and he said, this is just about justice. That's all he said he's after because he is basically the star witness for the prosecutors. Take a listen to what Michael Cohen said after testifying today. What do you think the result of your testimony today what will be the result? Can you imagine Mr. Trump being arrested? Is that what you want? No. Again, you've heard me say this many times. My goal, this is not revenge. 
right? What this is is about accountability. I don't want to see anyone, including Donald Trump, indicted, prosecuted, convicted, incarcerated, simply because I fundamentally disagree with them. This is all about accountability. He needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds. And Michael Cohen's attorney also said this afterwards. Anytime you hear labels about Michael, attacks on Michael, just remember, we have the facts proven and documented on our side, and that's the truth. Do you think Mr. Trump will be indicted? I have no idea, but I do know that the facts will be heard and there will be due process and the presumption of innocence will prevail until and if there is a trial. So do you believe that the president could be indicted? They certainly, obviously, uh, Cohen was there today. He's coming back again, as I mentioned, on Wednesday. Uh, they have now, we know, asked the president to go. The president, via his attorney, saying he has no plans to go. So is a bunch of criminal charges, are they right around the corner? And is it the right move not to have the president testify before this grand jury and especially you know, facilitated by Alvin Bragg, who clearly uh, is out to get President Trump, but not out to protect New York streets. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jeff on line six. Jeff, your thoughts. Hello, beautiful Rita. Nice to hear your voice. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. Don't you go, she should go nowhere near to testify because you're going to get people like Schiff you're going to get these mad, senile people like that guy, Sam, that calls in, that they don't know any any truth, any rationale, except what their agenda is. And that is to dismember this man for nothing except saving America. He's the greatest president we've ever seen for a long time. And I just want him to know that we, America loves Donald Trump. And I think they should reverse this now and go after this January 6th committee because we all know it's hogwash. We've seen the videotapes. Okay, whatever happened, some things happened, but not what they said. And they made a huge mountain out of nothing just to stop this man from running for president. And we need to wake up and see this. And you mentioned tax dollars. You know, they spend this money going after Trump like, it's uh, <laughs> hey, it's not their money. You know, it's not there, so why not, right? They figure they, got the, they can go in the till and take out as much as they want, and they don't even have to... Uh, they have no accountability. And that's what we have to go after is their accountability to fix this nation so when people get up and say something, we can believe them again. Because right now, the negativity and the, the wish-wash that comes out of this administration, no one is sleeping good at night with this man in office, and it's affecting people's health. I can guarantee you that people's health are being affected because they're worrying every time they – Without 77 WABC and you guys ironing out what's going on and a few other news people, very few, we, we're in the dark and we hear all this stuff all the time. So, yeah, it's taking a toll on everyone, physically, mentally. We need Donald Trump back so we can sleep at night and know that Big Dad's back is going to take care of us. All and right. It's going to take a while to get out of this hole, but we can do it. Well, things are a mess, by the way, Jeff. I agree with you that things are indeed a mess right now. Um, And this, you know, I'm glad you you noticed when I brought up the taxpayer money, because you're right. It's unlimited tax money. So he can have as many people as he wants to spend as much time working on Donald Trump. And yet 
I bring up the irony and the sad irony because it's a sad irony that at the same time, all these repeat offenders that quite often get busted in New York and at New York City, like many other cities like New York, it's anywhere from two to three thousand sort of people are committing the most amount of crime. They're just kind of doing it over and over again, often getting worse and worse. And guess what? Because there's a criminal justice system that allows them to go back out on the street without being held responsible. So you put that combination together and you see what seems to be a very lackluster effort to keep the streets safe and keep citizens safe. And yet citizens tax dollars are going towards Trump. Uh, I mean, just it, it seems like it's like we're in an alternate universe. Um, Jeff, great call. Thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to Charles on line two. Charles, your thoughts about this. Hi. Great show as usual. Thank you, Charles. Feel, even, even though I'm very pro-Trump. I sort of want him to get indicted, and I think I have a feeling Trump does too. Why is that? Why Why do you indicted. want him to get indicted, Charles, if you like him? Because it will make him much stronger. I think that all pro-Trumpers are fed up. Hillary Clinton gets away with murder, practically. Well, I don't want to get into it, actually. But, but now let me just uh, add, but let me ask you, Charles, hang on one second. Do you believe, what, that it would backfire, that people would just see it for being heavy-handed if that happened? Up. You know, you have um, uh, uh, Clapper and Comey and, and and Ray and Brennan and the 51 intelligence agent, uh, agents, which is an oxymoron, intelligence, signed the letter that it's a hoax, the whole Hunter Biden. And what they did to Kavanaugh. Hang on one second, he, Charles. I need you to stay focused, though, on this particular one. You believe what? That it would, if he does get indicted, what? That it helps him? His, his followers would... would would explode. I don't mean like January 6th. They would just be so totally fed up that he'd get more people to vote for him. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Actually, Charles, I, I do agree with you on that. I think it will embolden people who are supporting him. And I agree. I think they're so uh, frustrated and would see it for what it appears to be right now, uh, which is basically an inflated case by this DA who again, lets all the other criminals walk. uh, But not if your last name is Trump. Um, let's go to Stan. Line four. Stan, your thoughts about this? What a what a poor call that was. What a terrible call. But anyway, that was his, that was his honest opinion. And by yeah, the way, Stan, Stan, okay. Stan, Happy New Year. That's you too. Hey, part. Happy New Year to you too, my friend. Happy March. All right. But listen. All right. Anyway. But listen. No, 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 uh, Stan. Hang on. Over. Hang on one second, Stan. Just because you took a swipe at the lost caller and he's not here to defend himself, the reality is there are people who believe that this is clearly a targeted approach. You can't make it sound like Bragg is doing a great job with criminals in New York, uh, you know, and uh, Trump is, you know, one of 5,000. There's like, he's like, it's like Trump, 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 and go ahead and rob a bank and I'll just turn away. You know, give me a break, Stan. I'm going to surprise you. I think this is small potatoes. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Stan, you are surprising me. Well, <laughs> Why do you think the that? This is nothing compared to what's coming up against him with the feds and the DOJ. I, this is just a, not even a walk in the park because the main stuff's coming up in the spring or in the summer, and that's what I'm waiting for. That's the stuff that'll put him away. And that, what to say, Mike Coates says he needs to be accountable. He needs to for his dirty deeds. On that point, Mr. Cohn is absolutely right, and that's what the DOJ and the feds will do: make him pay. For what he's tried to do to this country. Where, where, where are you thinking the charges are coming from, Stan? Where, where is this uh, imaginary stuff coming in the spring that you're thinking of? I'm thinking that oh, what January sixth, 
his attempt to overthrow the, the election. There's plenty there, and we're just waiting. See, Mike Cohn is right about that part. He needs to be pay, uh, accountable. That this case is not what with Stormy Daniels. I he he's not going to show up. You think they're going to make a big deal of it? I don't think so. I don't know. I, they seem they. I think the problem is, and Stan, I I actually agree with you at least on this one being small potatoes. Uh, I'm not sure where the January 6th stuff is going, but there are people. We've had even legal experts who've said that they thought some of the stuff in Georgia is more, uh, you know, more difficult for Trump, if you will, than this one. They're astounded that this one is even going forward like you. Um, so I'm glad that you made the case, and I'm glad you're fair with him, at least on this one, uh, that it is small potatoes. Thank you, Stan. Always good talking to you. Let's go to Larry, line three. Larry, your thoughts. Uh, as far as Michael Cohn goes, um, there's an ex- he's the one that's that's fueling this along with uh, Alvin Bragg. But Bragg could not do this without his star witness. Now there's a saying: "Hell hath no fury as a woman scorned." I hate to make this analogy when it comes to a man, but he he was turned into a a, a quivering bowl bowl of jelly when when they wanted to put him in jail, and he knuckled under to the authorities and he sang like a canary. Now you contrast him with. With people that were real men and toughed it out, like like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, who went through an FBI raids and solitary confinement, he's no man compared to them, and he's angry because he could not be a man more of a man. This is somebody with an agenda, and a, and, and he's being used very tactically by Bragg. Yeah, and I think clearly Bragg is happy to have anybody who will testify against Trump at this point. Um, and, and just like you said, um, also he was upset that Trump wouldn't pay for his, uh, you know, all the legal bills. There was quite a bit of them. And part of the reason though that Trump's team, from what I think I remember seeing multiple reports, were essentially saying that they couldn't because if he was at that point, um, being potentially a, you know, a witness or whatever, if they started paying, um, it would have looked like they were trying to pay off somebody. So they couldn't do it. I think there was some legal reason why they felt or appearance reason. Um, and then he decided to sort of kind of go against Trump, too. So there's a lot there, uh, Larry. Thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Is it the right move by President Trump not to testify before the New York grand jury? Uh, that word is just coming down the last few hours. His attorney basically saying it's a kangaroo uh, justice system that Alvin Bragg should be the one investigated and not Trump. So where do you see this going? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, as we are talking about crazy justice, this is Saifulo Saipov. Uh, the, this is the guy, the bike path guy, who basically ran over, remember, all those people in New York. He killed eight people in 2017, inspired by ISIS. And apparently he is now going to spend the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of a release after a Manhattan federal court jury was unable to reach a unanimous sentencing decision for him. 
He could have gotten the death penalty because there were some federal crimes associated with this, but they couldn't come up to a unanimous decision. Forgive me, but what the heck is wrong with the jury? This is a guy who said he was inspired by ISIS. He was shouting Allah Akbar. He's seen on the videotape uh, killing eight people. There was tons of video. There was tons of eyewitnesses. And so the jury could have had either death or life in prison because, again, there were some federal special circumstances attached to this. And yet the jury came back and said that they could not reach a unanimous decision. Forgive me, but if I was on the jury, I would have spent five minutes. The guy clearly did it. And, in fact, after he was arrested, he was still basically talking about being inspired by ISIS to do the attack. And yet, for some reason, this jury basically came back with life in prison. He's going to spend his sentence at the maximum security facility in Florence, Colorado, uh, where a number of other bad actors throughout American history have spent their time spending at least 22 hours a day alone in a cell. So I'm glad at least that's happening. Uh, but I would like to hear from this jury. Why did they not feel unanimously uh, that he was enough of a threat that he should get the death sentence? Uh, very interesting uh, that this decision has come back because this looked like a pretty much open and shut case. Just like, remember the case in Florida, too, where the kid opened fire on the nightclub. Um, he ends up getting uh, life in prison as opposed to the death penalty. Meantime, we are talking about Alvin Bragg in New York, who is intent after going after President Trump. And now word from President Trump's attorney in the last few hours that President Trump will not testify before the grand jury and more sort of indications that it looks like an indictment could be coming against President Trump, which would make him the first former president in American history ever to be charged with a crime. That is stunning. And it turns out it is something that even most attorneys say at best, is a very minor misdemeanor sort of false reporting on business records of where a penal uh, payment went to. This is to, indeed, Stormy Daniels and going back to the 2016 campaign. And here it is, 2023, Alvin Bragg can't go after the repeat offenders, but somehow he's searching into his toolbox for basically, Mike, you know, President Trump jaywalking in 2016. 1-800-848. Nine two two two. Let's go to Phil. Uh, line one. Phil, your thoughts about this? Well, hi Rita. Listen, uh, this guy Alvin Bragg was elected at least three or four months before the election. The, the, Dem- the state Democratic committee and uh, Governor Hochul basically pounded the beat to get every single possible voter in the city, uh, the, the real loyal leftist Democrats in line so that when voting day came, they would far outnumber any average person that would vote for the role of district attorney. The thing is, you've got to understand these district attorney elections, these judge elections, civil judges in the city, these are very sequestered elections. Very few people even know where they're being held and what day. The problem is, is that had it been more heavily publicized by the media, This would have been great because you would have had probably a lot more diverse group of people turn out. Presumably, probably Republicans and liberals who could have done this. 
Although, no, hang on, hang on, though. Hold on a second, Phil, just because I'm going to defend the media. I'm going to defend us because I will say even 77 WABC, um, we had a debate. Um, my colleague at 77 WABC, my buddy Dominic Carter, um, who comes after me on 77 WABC at night, he did a great debate um, with all of these different candidates. And guess what? With the DA candidates. And I remember like listening to this guy and he was like, I'm going to basically go for criminal justice reform. I think it was out there, but I think to your point, there were a lot of also other elections happening at the same time, all the mayor stuff and everything else. So a lot of that overshadowed it. And also I think people didn't really understand the repercussions of a soft on crime DA. I think they just, you know, it's only really been in the last few years that people really realize the role that a DA has. Sometimes it's just they kind of just take it for granted and just kind of check a box or whatever. Um, but boy, has there been an awareness of late of the role of a DA. Um, Phil, thank you. You always give us some great calls. Thank you and always appreciate your perspective. Let's go to Eddie. Line three, Eddie, your thoughts. Uh, Rita, my, uh, my Polish Danish cousin, I want to. I always want to tell people, five million out there, that you you are more beautiful inside out. And I really hope that if you take a limo service, that John Katz provides someone to get you in and out of your apartment building, wherever you live. I want you safe because you are iconic, and um, you you really you guys rock at five in the afternoon. You and John Katz. I'll Eddie, tell you. thank you, Eddie. Think- by the way, I love that you call us a treasure gem, <laughs> a treasure gem. I tra- and by the way, for the record, I had the pleasure of meeting Eddie at sadly a sad occasion at Bernie McGurk's at the service that we did at St. Patrick's. And Eddie, you are such a wonderful soul, and I had the pleasure of meeting a number of you. Eddie, thank you, everybody. We're going to continue your calls tomorrow. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.